A Human's Guide to Machine Intelligence. I'm Tanya Hall, and joining me is Dr. Karthik Hassanagar, author and John C. Howard Professor of Technology and Digital Business at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania. Welcome, Dr. Hosanagar. Thanks for having me, Tanya. So give us a brief uh, summary of your professional background for our audience. Yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm a professor of technology and digital business at the Wharton School. Uh, most of my work is focused uh, on the digital economy. So in other words, how technology and digital uh, businesses are affecting our daily lives, how digital businesses themselves look different from more traditional businesses. And then more recently, I've been looking at how uh, the data, data economy uh, affects uh, both our personal lives and also uh, how it affects uh, how businesses are run. Your latest book is called A Human's Guide to Machine Intelligence. What motivated you to write the book? Well, it's interesting. So a lot of my research over the last 10, 15 years has been on algorithms uh, and how they drive decisions we make. So for example, think about you going to Amazon, you're ready to buy a product and there's a recommendation. Uh, the algorithm says people who bought this also bought that. Or you go to Netflix and you see an algorithm that again, nudges us in different directions. And my research has shown that these systems have a very significant impact on choices we make. So for example, on Amazon, over a third of our choices are governed by these algorithms. At Netflix, nearly 80% of the choices we make originate from algorithmic recommendations. Now, one of the interesting things is that in recent years, these algorithms are uh, being used in more consequential settings. So they're starting to make life and death decisions. Algorithms are used in courtrooms to guide judges in making bail and parole and sentencing decisions. Doctors are uh, being asked to consult algorithms that may help in making personalized treatment recommendations and so on. So the impact of these algorithms are very significant. And, and most of us are very passive with how we use technology. And I felt like there's a, a real need to educate the, you know, the, the lay public and people about how these algorithms work, how are they driving our choices, and what can we all do to stay in control of uh, the narrative of how technology affects us. How is the relationship between chess and artificial intelligence similar to that of the relationship between fruit flies and genetic research? Yeah, there is a, a very interesting connection. So the fruit fly, uh, or drosophilia, is such an important part of uh, genetics research. And, uh, you know, geneticists often study the, uh, the fruit fly as a way to understanding how the human uh, genome works because the fruit fly is, uh, you know, has a lot of genetic overlap with human beings, but at the same time, it's very easy to study. Also, uh, it has a short life cycle, so you can move from one generation to the other, in fact, several generations uh, in a very short period of time. And so it has become one of the uh, sort of go-to, uh, uh, you know, species or animals studied by geneticists to understand the genome. Now, interestingly, in AI, for a long period of time, when people talked about, can we build intelligence? Can we build uh, systems that mimic human intelligence? A lot of the focus of computer scientists was on chess. It was on, can we build a system that can play chess like human beings? Can it beat human beings? 
eventually the question became, can it be, be the best human being at chess and so on. And so for a long time, uh, chess was sort of the fruit fly because when people talked about, you know, what is artificial intelligence? Can we build artificial intelligence? For a long period of time, the focus was on, can we get a, a system to play chess intelligently? You just alluded to this a couple of minutes ago, um, and I want to come back to it. What happens when the government or, or business need for efficiency and consistency of algorithmic decision-making conflicts with a general human preference to, to deal with other humans? Yeah, so there are times that it actually comes at odds. So businesses might find that it is useful to use an algorithm to um, you know, to make their own decisions or to help us make our decisions. I mentioned earlier about how Amazon, Netflix, even Google search engine, ultimately they're using algorithms to help us make choices. And it's all meant to uh, make our life simple, allow us to get to our decisions faster, make things more efficient, and all that's great. Uh, but at the same time, when we become very passive with it, uh, the, the problem is that uh, we're sometimes making decisions we are not aware of. A good example of that might be the, the fake news issue that uh, has been in the news a lot. And ultimately, you know, Facebook decided that they want to get rid of human editors who are curating trending news stories and replace them with algorithms that are way more efficient. Uh, and yet the algorithms didn't have a sense for what news story is true or not. And they ended up circulating fake news stories. And that's just one example. There have been examples of algorithms used in courtrooms in the US that ended up having a race bias. There are examples of algorithms used to screen job applicants. So algorithms that do resume screenings uh, that have a gender bias. So there's many examples where we assume the algorithms are efficient, sort of infallible machines, uh, but it turns out that they have flaws, much like human decision makers, but we don't uh, fully acknowledge them. Dr. Kartik Hosanagar, John C. Howard Professor of Technology and Digital Business at the Wharton School of the University of Pennsylvania and author of A Human's Guide to Machine Intelligence. If somebody wants to connect with you, Kartik, or maybe they want to get a copy of your book, how can they do that? Yes, they can connect with me online on Twitter. Uh, on Twitter, my handle is K Hosanagar. That's K-H-O-S-A-N-A-G-A-R. They can also go to my website, www.hosanagar.com. And my book is available um, at Amazon and, and most of the other major online and offline bookstores. Thanks again for joining us, Kartik. And you can find more of my interviews right here or at tanyahall.net. Thanks for watching.